Well, hello, 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 hello. Welcome to today's podcast. You're with architect Pete Calhoun. Now, I'm really looking forward to today's podcast because I'm talking to one of the, well, I reckon one of the world's leading architects, Renato Diatore. We've visited some of his homes over the years, Joe and I, and they are absolutely spellbinding. He's chatting about his favourite building material, and you will have it in your home, there's no doubt about it, concrete. But he's going to paint a picture of concrete like you've never thought of it before. And following that, my mate Jeff Moss from Geostone is coming in to talk about the technicalities of concrete and choosing it for your home. Now, if you haven't downloaded the Acast app, please do it and find better ideas through that because you can watch along as well as listen. Today, I'm really looking forward to this chat. With me is Renato Diatore. Renato, with your Italian background, I know this subject is very close to your heart, concrete. Now, most people go, oh, grey stuff, brutalism, uh, but no, not so. You believe concrete, the most commonly used building material in the world, is perhaps the most beautiful. Oh, you're so right, Peter. Let me kind of go back a bit because I'm wanting to talk about the modern use of concrete. But, you know, you know yourself that, look, it's only been recently discovered that Romans use concrete, and concrete they put in some sort of element or mixture that they still don't know what it is, but it's still out there underwater, still as as solid as it was, no reinforcement. 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years ago. Okay. So it's something about the Italian kind of mentality that they want something that lasts. <laughs> uh, Come up know. with a good idea. So, so concrete. Pasta and concrete. So, well, they didn't invent pasta, but that's another story. Uh, uh, well, that's debatable, but we won't discuss that. <laughs> He's claiming it. <laughs> for the general population, to know that concrete's been around for 2,000 years. Now we come forward, what, 2,000 years. Concrete was something that just was only used industrial. And, it, you know, in Sydney, it's very difficult to talk. Well, it was when I first started as, a, as an architect and my first uh, commission. I wanted to use concrete. So concrete was associated with grey, brutalist. Now brutalist, um, you know, we'll come back to brutalist, but uh, brutalists can be very good. And I'll give you two examples mm. of good brutalism, not the uh, public, mm. but more the private realm. So, you know, I was fortunate to work with Pierluigi Nerdi. I took a year out of, you know, school in Sydney. It was becoming a little bit not so exciting, so I thought I'd take a year off. Just, just for our listeners, Nervi was a world-famous engineer architect. To anyone claims connection with this man has great knowledge of engineering and, and indeed concrete and architecture. Well, correct. We talked about love and he worked with love. He, he put love in his work and he was the first engineer that made concrete work in like paper, thin as paper. Like he called it, I think he referred to it as structural plasticism, meaning it's structural, but you can create amazing spaces of enormous spans. So I was fortunate to be in his office. Unfortunately, he passed away, but I was in the aura of his masterful handling of concrete, his sketches. I think that was the first time that concrete started kind of emerging as a beautiful material because, you know, he built elegant structures. He built industrial, but they were elegant, you know, not kind of orthogonal, but sweeping arches with the finest, you know, concrete profiles. And one of his most famous buildings that blew my mind out was the papal audience adjacent to the St. Peter's Cathedral. It's a space that if anyone's in Rome, I'd really highly recommend they visit this space. It is a truly inspirational, I can't describe it. It's light, it's structural, but it's ephemeral. 
So that started, you know, bringing in notions of concrete. And then the other fortunate, my second fortunate opportunity to work with a good architect was Harry Seidler. Now, he was one of the architects in Sydney that really used concrete in residential. His house was virtually all concrete, natural stone and white bricks. Mm. So again, concrete started emerging as a material. Then what happens? I get a commission. I have to start thinking of material, concrete comes to the foreground. Now, Harry Seidler's buildings were done in the 60s, 70s. I'm talking in the mid-80s. Concrete was forgotten. Mm. Sydney architects didn't use concrete. It was white, white, white. I proposed concrete and the reaction was, no way. No way. No way. Because their, pre- their conception or their understanding of concrete was car parks. I can understand that. But then it's a process of education, images, finding the best examples of concrete architecture around the world, we convinced the clients to go concrete. That gave you the impetus to get to work mm. and start. I've visited some of, um, of course, some of the houses you've designed and some of the houses that Harry Seidler's designed. And, and from the outside, some of them don't photograph, they don't photograph well, but there is some almost spiritual feeling you have and that really stays with you. I remember Joanna Griggs and I doing an amazing home of Harry's his personal house at Warunga and we both had a completely different opinion of it. Once we spent a day there and visiting, we both came away quite touched about the manipulation of space and the fluidity of the space encased in concrete. It was a quite extraordinary spellbinding place to be in. Yes, and he was working in an era where it was post 50s, 60s. So, but concrete today can be many things. And I like concrete because it's, it's a material that is unlimited. You can use concrete in so many ways. Uh, you could use it polished, off the form, bush hammered, rough as you, know, you want it to be. You could make it perfect, which again, I stay away from creating perfection in concrete. And the colour grey, the softness of grey, if a light kind of polish and sheen with a kind of wax, the light that reflects, the light that it kind of... Look, in any material, any colour will go against concrete. Light just loves concrete. Mm. So concrete is, can be very soft and very delicate and can be also very structural and robust. So you talk about the versatility. It can be used not only in floors but in bench tops, in walls and ceilings. It cuts down on your trades, makes the construction process relatively simple because it's not only a great finish if in the right hands, but it's a structural material as well, as it started out all those years ago. The first house I did in concrete was virtually all concrete, roof, walls, except for this time, instead of concrete floors, we put travertine. Concrete and travertine is, again, one of the most beautiful combinations you could have. Now, living in Rome for a year, travertine was all around me. You know, the wonderful patinaed steps of the Spanish stairs, travertine, the fountains, travertine, footpaths, travertine. So you saw the travertine in all sorts of, used in many ways. So I think, again, and travertine was, look, we're diversing, Peter, but travertine and concrete have a symbiosis in my kind Mm. of uh, language of architecture. But when you put travertine, unfilled travertine against concrete, it's wonderful. The the two just work harmoniously beautiful. Timeless. Timeless. And let me just go back to travertine was another material that had a bad name because travertine in the 70s was used in bathrooms with bullnose edges and filled with resin and it it really changed the essence of travertine. 
I like travertine, unfilled, honed, and it is something that just, as I said, you just can't get better than concrete and travertine. Well, we're talking about well, the stone travertine and, and liquid stone, which is often referred to as concrete or, or vice versa. Let's talk about some stones because the, the Italians are known for the stone, the Carrera marbles and the travertine. What type of stones do you recommend featured in a home? You just nominated them, Peter. <laughs> That's it. I just really – look, they're beautiful marbles, but, you know, there's nothing more beautiful than a – uh, white Carrara marble. The scribbly nature, I mean, is the, the fine veins that almost look like someone's kind of a child has scribbled on the wall. And the other one is travertine, unfilled travertine, home travertine. I, I don't go past those two. I shy away from the more opulent, rich veins because they kind of send you a little bit... Too ornate. Too ornate and a bit dizzy and kind of... Uh, so, you know, we, again, we just finished a bathroom in the Italian eight house that I mentioned earlier in Surrey Hills. All the bathrooms, the walls, floors, white Carrara. Mm. It is like being in a honed stone, seamless, solid, cool. What more can I say? We're talking about Carrara marble, which is from the same mines that Mark Michelangelo picked the stone for, for some of his sculptures. Now, the mine, if I'm correct, is sort of north of Rome on the Cinque Terre Trail out that way, the, the uh, mine we're talking about, where it, it comes from? It's definitely north of Rome, but it, it precisely it's in the Carrara region. Um, Funny that. <laughs> uh, yes, it's a town, Carrara, and I was fortunate to visit quarries in Carrara, and they are one of the seven wonders of the world. And the one thing that really uh, I was fortunate to visit after you know a kind of wet season, and they excavate mountains and they kind of follow the trail of the veins, but most of them they kind of just dig big square pits. I mean, huge pits. I'm talking the size of a you know, soccer, football, sorry, mm. pitch. Now, once that quarry gets filled with water, you have the two primal elements, water and marble, in a most mm. abstract, <laughs> um, uh, almost kind of... Um, Architectural heaven, that's what it uh, is. Isn't it's, it? it's mind-blowing. And again, that's where water and marble, water and Carrara, you know, if you could line a swimming pool with Carrara, which I don't <laughs> advise because of the expense, it would be... You'd be creating, kind of recreating those quarries up in those mountains. It's from the Michelangelo era. We're talking Carrara marbles with uh, Italian architect Arante du Torre. Just circling back to the use of concrete, it's known as the liquid stone. You can get almost stone finishes with some of the aggregates and it's probably a more economical way to achieve a look of stone but using also a timeless material and that being concrete. I like exploring concrete in many ways. So one of the architects that really have, has shown how to use concrete in a very poetic way that I still draw reference is Carlos Scarpa. He's known for poetry and detailing, but if you look at his concrete, he uses it in many ways. What we've talked about earlier, raw, fine, bush hammered, timber textured, off the form to you know imprint timber. But he also knows when to reveal the aggregate, but in a gentle way and he uses white river pebbles. So again, you've got the kind of beautiful white river pebbles emerging out of a grey matter. When the sun hits that, it's glory. Mm. And when a vine grows up on that wall, especially a a Boston ivy, (laughs) it's just magic. You can't beat a concrete wall exposed white river pebbles with a Boston ivy 
crawling over it is is to die for. This architectural poetry we're describing here with, with Renato. I've got a suburban home there, Renato. How do I introduce some of this concrete into a new extension? Where would you go to get it introduced economically into your project? You could use concrete in a very kind of humble way. It can be a wall, it can be a floor, a garden wall, it can be a garden wall with a fireplace. So depending on your budget, it can be easily done. If you were to have one tip that people should be aware of. We've spoken about the beauty of concrete. It's not a flaw, it's, but it's a characteristic. Every concrete pour is different, almost like an organic living thing when it comes out of the barrel. Well, uh, yes, and I think um, if I can go back to my first commission, you know, the house that was 90% concrete, it was my, my very first house. So this is where I learned how concrete can reveal itself after you've removed the formwork and there was one particular detail where we had a tapered uh, wall and it was meant to be pristine and smooth, but somehow the formwork collapsed and created a concave, mm. but then merged to a sharp point. And I was disappointed, but the longer you looked at it, the more it was just magic. How It's almost like a birthmark. It gave so much character and it's there today and it's beautiful. So concrete has the potential to surprise you. Look at it before you patch it, to study it, live with it, because sometimes they are just what the what the interior of the house needed. There's one interesting, and I think this is a very interesting point. I was very young, and when we finished this house after, you know, labour of eight years, we thought, who do we sell this project to? And the photographer and I came up with, we sell it to the Concrete Association of Australia. Now, that was a long time ago. They're a different organisation, very good. But in the early days, we approached the editor and we, we invited her to the house and we said, it's a concrete house. And she said, oh, we, we don't, I don't need to come with you. I'll look at it from the outside. And we said, fine, you know, we, we were confident this would be, you know, don't publish it. And we got a call back from this woman and she said, look, Renata, I'm sorry, but we can't publish it. There were too many imperfections. <laughs> and, and, and now... We talked about imperfections. It's you celebrate the imperfections. But that was the mentality of concrete in those days, totally wrong. And today we've proven that concrete is a wonderful material. Isn't it great when you talk to someone with such passion, Italian passion, like Renato Diatore? Now, if you didn't love concrete before, I'm sure you've got a new appreciation of it. And hopefully you might be looking at, uh, at doing some featured concrete soon at your place. If you are, up next, I'm talking to an expert who knows all about putting concrete into the home. This is Better Ideas. Don't forget to subscribe and let your friends know and connect with me, Peter Cahoon, on Instagram and follow me along on my gardening challenge, which is hashtag gardening versus Peter. Now, it's an ancient material and it's been given a 21st century makeover by some of the leaders in concrete manufacturing. Jeff Moss from Geostone, why do you love concrete? As you said, it's been around forever. So 3,000 years ago, the Egyptians were working with it. Up until about 200 years ago, it hadn't really changed all that much. And then there's been a rapid number of advancements, predominantly in admixture technology to make the concrete perform better in all environments and conditions but mm. 
the key ingredients are exactly the same as they were back when the Egyptians and Romans were playing around with it. So, I love that. I mean, the people often, well, how do they build the pyramids? And one theory is they weren't solid blocks of stone being floated down the Nile. That was actually an ancient form of mortar. Of, of yeah, mortar. That's right. And that would explain how they managed to get those heights. Yep. Yeah. Talk us about some of the innovations that will that concrete is bringing to home, some of the incredible new concrete ranges people can choose from. Yeah, there's some really exciting work being done in that space, Pete. A lot of, lot of time, money and resources being tied up in innovation. So we're seeing some really exciting developments. How do we reinvent of, concrete? <laughs> well, I think you look to, you know, the trends and the issues that we're dealing with as a society at the moment and things like extreme weather events. For example, the high cost of energy, heating and cooling homes is getting more and more expensive. We're seeing now technology develop around things like thermal concretes, which have got thermal insulating properties around five times better than a standard concrete. So if you say, you know, how's that going to impact heating and cooling costs of the future? There's going to be some fairly extreme savings associated with that particular product. Is that available now, like like concrete with five times the thermal insulation capacity? Yeah, that's right. It's available overseas. It's not yet available in Australia, but it's probably soon to be introduced. What about concrete with photovoltaic coatings? What What is that? I mean, concrete which is actually absorbing and creating energy. You know, basically make the walls of your building out of concrete with photo, photovoltaic cells easy for you to say. Wow. Built into the wall so your walls become a um, solar panel for your home and generating generating power. I'd imagine we're going to see... That's real technology that's available now. Really? Okay, so the the walls are actually, you know, creating energy from the sun. Generating power, just like the solar roof panels on the the rooftop. Let's just drill down a little bit more on the the photovoltaics being inserted into a wall. Just how's that work, Jeff? Yeah, so they're wall, wall panels that are constructed with the photovoltaic. Photovoltaic. <laughs> I could say it okay before. <laughs> Start yeah. that again. It's been a long day. He's just <laughs> flown up from Melbourne. <laughs> so the, the cells yeah. are built into the surface of the panel and effectively become a solar panel for the wall of your home. So it's structural, but it's also got solar cells built into the surface. So... Your wall is now generating um, power for you in much the same way that the panels would on your rooftop. So if you're looking at the outside of the wall, it'll look like a series of little what dots or little black mirrors? Or The early versions of it now look just like that. So they don't actually look like a solar panel as such, but you can see them. But I think they're working on the technology now to make them you know, less intrusive. Wow. I mean, honestly, I mean, having a whole house covered in voltaic cells, photovoltaic cells, the roofs and the walls, I mean, you'd, you'd never draw from the grid ever, ever again. No, that's exactly right. It makes absolute sense, doesn't it? What about low carbon concrete? This is another one where we're seeing a lot of demand and demand's increasing for low carbon options. We're now, now in a position where we can understand exactly what the carbon position is for concrete we're not too far off being able to offer zero carbon through carbon offsets. With the manufacturing, with, with bringing it to, to the home and the actual slab itself. So it's really reducing the carbon manufacture of concrete. Yeah, well, I guess there's two components to that. There's the actual reduction in the CO2 or carbon position of the product itself. And then there's another bit which is really around, you know, a science-based 
understanding of what's in the product in the first place. So once we know what's in there, we can then provide that zero carbon position through carbon offset. So fairly, fairly exciting developments in the sustainability space. That's in terms of the carbon output of the product. But in terms of the sculptural ability of concrete, it's always had it. But there's even further advances in that in terms of, I think there's a, a range called Agilia where a lot of uh, architects are using to create real sculptural effects. Yeah, that's right. So that's a, a self-compacting concrete doesn't require any vibration. So that's a real step change for for the concrete industry. And basically will self-compact. You get all the advantages of having a really highly fluid product. So it'll flow just like water. It'll fill up your form and you'll get the perfect off-form finish that we were talking about earlier without any risk of segregation, which is usually one of the problems that go along with having those high flow products. One of the uh, recent advances in the last uh, you know, 15, 20 years in architecture, and you, you see it occasionally in high-end design, is actually 3D printing components of homes. Now, who knows? We, we may be 3D printing our homes in the not too distant future, but concrete is now attempting to do this in its component itself. 3D printing concrete. Explain that, Jeff. Yeah, they've actually built some homes already using very big 3D printers. What? The future is here. How would that work? So you, you a massive printer or just a, a bunch of little ones and it's all tied, stitched together? It actually looks more like a giant robotic arm that's um, obviously linked up to a, a computer system and a um, delivery system for the product. It looks more like that than it does a, a you know, traditional 3D printer. <laughs> In the office. But yeah, yeah, that's right. The principle's exactly the same. So, you know, probably most people would have seen footage of that now, those printers printing little models. These teams have just scaled that up. So they're building full-sized homes using these robotic printers. Wow. How we actually partnered with a, a startup company in, in France working on the technology around that right now. So the innovations in one of the world's most ancient building products, reinventing the wheel, really. I mean, who would have thought concrete could, could offer so many ways to the future? It's an exciting time and probably the other area where we're seeing some innovation now is in digital so um, digital is obviously one of the big current mega trends. So everything's moving down that path. And so we're th- seeing the introduction of things like virtual reality to help people make selections of decorative concretes and what have you. Right. So a really immersive experience and people can get in there and actually see what the product is like to move around in the home and how would, how would it look and feel to... So this is available in the in the showroom. So it takes the, the soon the, soon to be yeah the mystery and guesswork out of what your concrete slab mm. concrete home will look like. You can actually walk through it. That's right. Virtually. Yeah, yeah. Wow, Jeff. Thanks for coming in and a uh, little peek into the future with concrete. You're very welcome. Well, I hope I've paved the way with making a concrete decision at your place, starting off with the passionate inspiration from Renato and the practicality and the tips from from Jeff. Now, next week, we've got the tiny design princess, Carolyn burns McCrave is coming in. She's one of the mentors on House Rules. She's been on the series since the start. She's made over dozens of homes and helped others do the same. And she's coming in and talking about some of those crazy house rules. Now, this week on Better Homes and Gardens Friday night at 7 o'clock. Joe, Karen, Adam and Graham, guess where they're off to? They're going to Dubai. What they get up to? Well, find out Friday night at 7.
Better Ideas is a Seven West Media production. Loretta Farrell is the producer. Nikki Hamilton, the executive producer. And I'm your host, Pete Calhoun. <laughs>